0: Hello, everyone. I am so excited today. I'm always excited. Um, But today I have Erin Cartwright with me, and she is a food freedom coach. Understanding what emotional eating is and how dropping the title is the first step to overcoming, she will walk you through why this title does not serve you and how the brain looks for evidence to promote the title of emotional eating. So welcome Erin, it's so good to see you today.
1: Thank you, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Um, Let's start by finding out more about how you got into this and a little bit about your backstory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've lost over 60 pounds um, about three times in my life uh, through bad diets, um, excessive exercising, and all that kind of stuff. And then this last time, I realized that it was mainly the emotional eating and eating when I was bored or had a bad day. Um, I was rewarding myself a lot with food at the end of a bad day. Well, I had a horrible year of my life. Um, I'm so that food just kept piling and piling and piling. And finally I decided that it was time for a change and I started going to school um, to to be a health coach. And then I also got my personal trainer certificate. And then um, I coached for two years on an app and I decided that I really liked to see people's reactions and talk to them and get to know them. But the number one thing I always heard was the same thing I struggle with and that was emotional eating. So that is where I am, and that's uh, how I got to be where I'm at.
0: I can certainly relate to that because um, I struggle with that every single day. Every day I wake up and say, okay, fine, today I'm going to be better, and then I'm not. Um, so is it possible
1: for someone to change their habits? Absolutely. It is absolutely possible to change their habits. Um, the hardest part about overcoming emotional eating is learning to sit with the emotions that come with the emotional eating, um, especially as women were told to suppress our feelings. And one way to do that is with food. But in order to overcome, you just have to figure out why you're eating and sit with that emotion and go from there. But it is absolutely possible to change that habit.
0: I keep looking at why I'm eating, and I have no idea. Um, How do you actually
1: get through that barrier? That's a good question. So um, one of the things I work on with my clients is we work on a food log. So the first couple of weeks we work together, we get this food log out, and every time they eat, they write down what they're eating, whether or not they're hungry, and how they feel. So sometimes you might not even be realizing you're eating out of frustration or anger or boredom and people boredom is an emotion. Some people don't associate it with an emotion, but it is Or rewarding themselves at the end of a hard day. So it's about two to three weeks. And that's the only thing they focus on is their homework as we build little things together in our sessions. And then in three weeks, we sit down and we look at it and they're surprised, um, Often about what emotions are coming up and it starts to bring it out because when you log it and you see it right there in front of you, it's better to understand it. The other part about
0: doing that is because you're not focusing on calories per se, it has, that's a whole different part of the whole emotional journey. So, what you're focusing on is how a person is feeling, not guilting them in terms of caloric intake.
1: Correct, I believe in taking the numbers out of it. So even if weight loss is your goal, not just overcoming emotional eating, the way I work with women is we use a ribbon to measure them instead of a tape measure or a scale. And every couple of weeks, um, depending on how comfortable they are and what their comfortability is, we look at the comparison of the ribbon and you can see that visual comparison without the numbers. So you can see you're making success without any numbers. And then the look on people's faces when they go into a stressful situation or have a really hard day and instead come home and take a bubble bath or take a walk or do something else instead of eating is phenomenal. And like their confidence just builds. And it's amazing to see the look of people's faces.
0: Wow. Um, you also mentioned on your website, the power of one,
1: uh, one more. Yes. Yeah, so that is a, um, concept by Ed Milet. So his thing is just one more. Um, it's also part of a, the, um, alcohol anonymous recovery where it's just, you just have to get through one more day. So it's just one more meal, one more emotion, one more minute, one more hour. You just keep going through with the power of one more. So you just say to yourself, whatever it is, it's one more. One more minute I can get through without eating out of my emotions. One more hour I can do it. One more habit and it's going to stick. One more time and I'll, do, I'll be able to do it. So you just keep going with that. And then eventually it's no longer just one more. It's officially a pattern and where you are.
0: Um, so interesting. So you mentioned that you kept gaining and losing weight, and many of us have. And a lot of us have been on every program known to man. Um, what makes this
1: different? What makes this different is we're getting to the root of why you're eating. So a lot of us eat with intention of something. So emotional eating is Eating with the intention of feeling better. So you're eating out of that emotion because you want to feel better. And temporarily you do because you get that dopamine hit. But understanding like really why you want to feel better. Like understanding that food is a band-aid. It's not fixing your overall problem. So um, for me personally, I'm... I have been a stress eater. I am no longer a stress eater, but I was. And sometimes I do still struggle with it. And I realized that overwhelm was one of the things that caused me to want to eat. So I took that back. I stopped saying I was an emotional eater. And I sat down and made to-do lists and tried to figure things out. So I got to the root of the problem, the root issue So the root issue was I was eating out of stress instead of handling my stress, which then again made the stress worse and, you know, just kind of kept piling on those later layers, which in turn piled on those pounds, but attacking that root, root issue, I was able to make a change. And that's how this program is different is that we look for those root issues on why you're eating instead of tackling a band aid and making something that's not going to stick. These habits are something that sticks and we work into them with your lifestyle. It's 100% based on the person I'm working with. I don't make make the rules. I don't tell them what to do. We just work on it. and We figure out how to fit it into their lifestyle.
0: That was amazing. Um, and
1: it's about an eight-week program? It is um, an eight-week program. Technically, what I do is a 10-week. So we have one at one get-to-know-you session, which is like 60 minutes. We talk about your goal and your vision um, and how you want to feel at the end of the program. And then we have eight 30 minute sessions in between that. And then we have a one hour wrap up and celebration one. So it's technically 10 weeks.
0: And then do you have a continuing program that you offer?
1: I do. I do offer a referral program, I also offer um, post client pricing. So, they get a discount on any sessions that they choose to use, choose to do after the program ends.
0: That sounds great. So, you're not just dropping them into the ocean? No,
1: I don't believe in that. Um, I love having contact um, some of my past clients or some of my greatest friends. Um, So, yes, you build a connection with the people that I build a connection with the people I'm working with because we do talk about some personal stuff. Um, and I will always tell you if so that's not something I can comment on, um, but I'm always a listening. Um, I always have a listening ear. So we develop this relationship and we I walk with them in different parts of their lives. So it's very nice. So I don't just drop people. I like them to always have contact. Um, and if they need a session here and there, which some people do, they just need a refresher, then they have that eligibility to do that. Sounds wonderful.
0: So um, one of the other things that pops up is negative self-talk. So how do you overcome that going
1: forward? Good question. So negative self-talk, like you mentioned in my introduction, so if you talk negatively about yourself, your brain's going to start looking for the reasons why that statement is true. So If you say, for example, like I am an emotional eater, well, guess what? Your brain's going to start looking for the reasons for you to emotionally eat. Um, That can be something as small as somebody cut you off in traffic or something huge. It doesn't matter. It's going to, your brain is giving that excuse to emotional eat because you have that title. So when you take that, so if you take that and flip it and get rid of the negative self-talk, like I did earlier, I was an emotional eater, but not today. And changing that, and making it so that you can overcome. I was an emotional eater, but I'm stronger for it. I'm stronger today. And kind of just building off of it and changing that and dropping that title of emotional eater because it doesn't belong with the same titles as mom, sister, daughter, friend, wife. Those are all important titles. Emotional eater is a self-given title that is not necessary.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of, it's self-inflicted.
1: Yes, we don't realize it. It's unintentional self-inflicted, but it is, yes.
0: Amazing. So um, I know there are a lot of people who've been struggling with this for years and years and years. Um, it's a huge hurdle to get over all of the the baggage that you bring with it. But you're saying that people can move past it. Correct. Yes,
1: they can move past it. Does that mean that they're going to never do it again? That's not what that means. It means that if they do do it again, once in a blue moon, they have the tools and the confidence in themselves to get right back on to where they want to be. So it's help building the tools to deal with the emotions, to not eat, Um, And confidence within themselves. So that's like the biggest part is helping build confidence within themselves so that they can tackle whatever life throws at them and they can have a healthy relationship with food.
0: What was the biggest
1: pivotal point for you? The biggest pivotal point for me, um, I knew that I gave myself the title of stress eater or emotional eater when Um, My nine-year-old at the time was having a bad day. And she's like, mom, I'm having a bad day. Let's go get ice cream. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want that for you. I don't want you to eat out of emotion. So um, instead, we went on a walk. We talked about what was going on with her and how she felt. And she felt better. And in the end, she didn't want any ice cream. Because I even asked her, I said, do you still want ice cream? She's like, no, I think I'll just go home. We'll just go home now. All right, let's go. So I knew seeing that in my daughter that I didn't want that for myself anymore. And by talking to her, I knew that by getting to that root issue of why she was upset, because at that moment, she couldn't tell me why she was upset. And talking to her about it, she was able to overcome. She just, we took a walk, we got some exercise in, you know, which helps with your brain activity too, so. We just conquered it. And that was really the pivotal point for me. knew I had to do that work on myself. How beautiful.
0: And it's also wonderful that um, you were there to listen. And she was she felt heard because I think so many times um, part of it is we just don't feel heard. Correct. That and, and we don't listen to ourselves either. Correct. Uh, So we walk into it and we self-sabotage because we're not listening to ourselves. Uh, And so we just
1: fall back on old habits. Yes. So we don't listen to ourselves um, and we don't feel heard, which is often why we eat too, because it's, they're not going to hear me. I might as well eat. So, um, or when you're eating, a lot of times you can, quiet your own mind because you get that dopamine hit. So it's like, it feels good. That's why it feels good in those moments and really crappy afterwards. Cause then that dopamine crash and you feel everything. Oh, definitely for sure.
0: So um, what is one of the most impactful pieces of advice that you received over the years that contributed to your success?
1: It's a good question. One of the most impactful things, um, I got this advice when I was in the military and it applies to a lot of things. Don't ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do for yourself. And like I said with my daughter, like I didn't want her to eat out of emotion, but I wasn't willing to do that for myself. So it was a change. Um, So that was one of the most impactful things. So I talk about it all the time with clients is, would you want this for your kid? Would you want to see this in their habits? Um, do you want to see this for yourself down the road? And we talk about making that change and doing that for themselves so that they can help other people not do it in their lives and kind of have that ripple effect on health and, and all the people in their lives.
0: Yeah, you mentioned briefly military. but So you you've had quite a bit of discipline a self-discipline over the years. Yeah. How is it possible to go from that type of regimented
1: life to the life that you have now? Ooh. So it was, um, at first it was hard, mainly because like once you finally do get out, you kind of rebel a little bit. Um, you're not so regimented on your workouts and your food and that kind of stuff. So you kind of rebel a little bit. Um, but then bringing it back in that discipline helped me push forward. And I also was able to use a lot of the lessons that I learned in the military in my coaching, um, because I have gone through hard times and needed extra discipline and that kind of stuff. And I take those lessons and I bring them into my coaching, telling them, working with my clients, figure out how, what discipline means for them because discipline can mean different things for different people. My discipline now is different than my discipline five years ago when I was still in the service. So it differs and it's okay that that discipline evolves based on the season of your life you're in. So like I said, right now, my discipline's different. My discipline that I work with my clients with is different. Um, I did work with a lot of people in the military on health and physical fitness and that kind of stuff. So the way I worked with them and the way I work with my clients now are two different things as well.
0: Yeah, and discipline doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation. Not at all. It can also have a positive one.
1: Yes. Yeah. So where can people find you? So they can find me um, at my website, brickhousehealthcoaching.com. There is also a free Facebook group for women um, down below that they can link to. Um, and then they can also find me on Instagram at Brickhouse Health Coaching.
0: And um, you have a way through the, the, your website for them to contact you directly.
1: Yes, they can. You can book a free for strategy session with me, or send me an email through my website. Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, yeah, these are all
0: so. It's we all think of it as being so difficult but we don't often examine where all of these feelings come from and our history. Yeah. Uh, so what you're doing is amazing Thank you, because it's giving people an opportunity. And I love um, your description of the ribbon because so much, so many of us think about everything in terms of numbers, how much you weighed yesterday, how much you weigh today what pants fit and it it's all connected with numbers and it shouldn't Correct. because everybody's different.
1: Yes, and we're not a number. Like you don't no one needs to know that number. That's completely up to you. We don't, you know, we're not we're not our age, we're not our scale, we're not definitely not our BMI. So like why why are we so focused on that number?
0: Yeah. And even the BMI isn't the BMI because they keep
1: changing that. And that was never actually intended to be a um, measurement of health when it was created. So, yeah, really? I always thought I thought it was it. Somebody took it and ran with it. Now, here we are. Decades later, still using it and it doesn't measure people's health.
0: No, it doesn't. Because all of us, our bone structure is different and everything about us is different. And also our lifestyles are different. And and okay. most of the programs that people sign up for, they don't take your lifestyle or your actual physical makeup into question. They just they give you an average and they say, well, this is what the chart says. Um hmm. As a matter of fact, a doctor that I had years ago did exactly that, too. He said, well, this is what the chart says that you need to do. And I just stood there and shook my head and said, but yeah, I'm not a chart. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So so you're at BrickHouseHealthCoaching.com and all of the information will be in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. And I think your program sounds absolutely amazing because um, I need to also sit back and think about what's driving me as well. So thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit JustWantedToAsk.com. Thank you.